Coaches Game Day, built by coaches for coaches. I am personally inviting you to review a fantastic membership-based website for coaches, athletic directors, sports organizations, and athletic departments. Coaches Game Day assists coaches, ADs, teams, schools, and athletic organization in the areas of budgeting, scheduling, automatic game communications, fundraising, and key form access. This website offers patented programming not currently available and other programming that is readily used in the athletic environment, all within simple computer or phone access. The website is revolutionizing the industry and will afford coaches, schools, and teams a better way of supporting and organizing their programs. Coaches Game Day is changing the playing field for all coaches of all sports across the country. Coaches Game Day supports over 1,800 competition levels of 33 interscholastic club and recreational sports using unique patented technology to assist in the process of managing an efficient and effective athletic department program and includes a passive sponsor fundraiser function that will positively help your team or department increase revenues for your athletic programs. The Game Blast communication program will increase your department revenues by 150 to $1,000 per team per season. Do the math. You cannot afford not to include coaches game day in your athletic program. When you are ready to purchase, my personal referral will save you money. At checkout, enter coupon code CGD25. That's CGD25 and you will receive a $25 off your annual membership. Coaches Game Day, the finest and most unique athletic management app available. If you have any questions, contact me at furtadok57 at gmail.com, and I will give you a further information, and also I will give you a special discount. Contact me soon. Thank you. Coaches, welcome back to the Championship Vision Podcast. Coach Kevin Furtado here again, episode 308. Today we have Coach Diane Kunkel. She's the head girls basketball coach at Gulliver Prep School in Pinecrest, Florida. Diane Kunkel is the Gulliver Prep varsity girls basketball coach in her first season. She worked at Our Lady of Lords Parish School, where she was the athletic director, coach, and physical education teacher for the past 23 years. She has coached successfully at both the high school, middle school, and AAU levels. Diane coached the girls' teams at OLOL to 19 championships and had a record of 218 and 18. She was inducted into the ACC Coaches Hall of Fame in 2019. Diane played college basketball at Rocky Mountain College in Montana and is currently playing for the Broward Heat in the National Senior Games. Coaches, today's topic is consistency and great feeder programs. Let's welcome Coach Diane Kunkel.
Coaches, uh, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. Today is episode 308 today with Coach Diane Kunkel. Uh, she's the head girls basketball coach at Gulliver Prep School in Pinecrest, Florida. Uh, uh, so, which is near Miami, correct, Coach? Yes, yes. Okay, great, great. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. Hey, uh, I'm also a... a uh, Diane is, is listens to a lot of our podcasts, and I absolutely love that because uh, I think our podcast is about sharing, um, and we need to do a better job as coaches sharing what we do. Uh, I hate to say this, but I know so many coaches that keep everything to themselves, like like it's a secret mission out of Mars. Like that's basketball, man. Uh, right. we're, we're here to make the game better, right, Diane? Definitely. I love it. I'm loving listening to all these coaches and come up with so many great ideas because you don't have all the ideas yourself. You got to get them from other people, too. No doubt. And you've been you've been coaching a long time as myself, um, still growing and learning, aren't you? Oh, definitely. Definitely. You know, there's always something to learn. If you think you know it all in basketball, you need to quit because there's always so much to learn. The game is just growing and evolving. Absolutely, Coach. Hey, tell us a little bit about where you grew up, how you got involved in the game of basketball, and, and really also about your involvement in improving, uh, you know, the, in Title IX, you grew up with the Title IX and all those things. I don't think girls realize how lucky they are, but t tell us, like, you know, your background and really a little bit about yourself. Well, I grew up in New Jersey, and I actually started on the basketball court at the age of four. We lived next to a school and I used to take my basketball and go over there. My mom used to get so mad at me. Stop playing with the boys. Stop going over there. But I just right. loved it. It was just a passion from when I was little. Um, I did play four sports in high school, but basketball was my favorite only because, you know, that's the best sport there is. But I played all the other sports to stay in shape. And, you know, I think there's a lot of transference from playing other sports into basketball using different muscle groups, that kind of stuff. Um, so when I graduated high school, I went, um, I wanted to get out of New Jersey. So I took a basketball scholarship to Dawson Community College in Montana. And then from there, I got a, another scholarship to Rocky Mountain. Mm -hmm. Best decision of my life because I wanted to see the country and I was able to do that. Um, one of my first basketball games was in Canada. So I was out in Canada as a 17-year-old, learning how to make transactions with Canadian money. Um, we played basketball tournaments in Alaska, um, all across the country out there. I got to see a great part of the country. You know, one of the things I always tell my kids is, don't let basketball use you, use basketball. And I felt that I really did. I got to see another part of the country. Um, great experiences, met a lot of new people. Um, from there, I moved to Florida, got my master's degree in sports administration, took a couple of years off, had my son. I was nine months pregnant and the principal at Our Lady of Lords came up to me in the carpool lane and said, I want, I want you to be uh, our new basketball coach and start our sports program. And I kind of looked at her like, you're crazy because my belly was out to the steering wheel. And she said, no, I think you can do it. Right. And my daughter was four months old and I started and I started the program from there and I was at Our Lady of Lords for 23 years, and this year in May, I decided to kind of retire from Lords, and I was accepted. I accepted the position at Gulliver to coach um, the only the, the high school varsity, um, establish the program in the JV program, and also the middle school. And I'll be teaching high school physical education. That's and that that's great, coach. And what's funny is like how people become coaches, like. 
you never, it, it sounded like to me, like you never even thought about it, but you, they yeah. asked you to run a, build a program. How exciting is that? I mean, you look back on, man, what a great opportunity. Thank God that you took up on that opportunity. Absolutely. And I had the best principals. The principal that hired me was there for, I think, seven years. And then I got another principal in and and he was just, you know, a, a big proponent. He used to be a PE teacher himself. So he was really knew what sports were about and, you know, 100 percent, you know, support. And I was able to build from there. We started out, we had um, two basketball courts and a big open field. And in the 23 years that I was there, we put in a running track um a baseball field a batting cage a six lane track um, a booster club and two huge outdoor scoreboards so we built the program pretty much from scratch the school was only two years old when i took over coach i know our topics about consistency and great feeder program i want you to kind of go into on um, what was your how do you build that program uh and just for the listeners it's a k-8 school correct correct yes and talk about like going in there, like, you know, none of us, everybody thinks there has to be the perfect moment, you know, or to build something. And there's always, no, it's like, you got to do it now, right? So how did you establish your philosophy on what you wanted to get done to build that program? Well, I was very blessed. The first year that I was working there, a mom of one of the students came in and said, hey, can I help you? Um, so she helped me with the presidential physical fitness test and we just became best friends. And then the next year she was hired. So I talk about consistency is, you know, surrounding yourself with great people. Over the years, I have been surrounded by great coaches. You know, we brought in a baseball coach. He was there for 14 years, just a phenomenal guy. And I think the thing is appreciating the people that are around, being consistent. Our program was good because of the consistency. It was the same coaches year after year and they would build and the kids knew what to expect you know, the repetition and, you know, the, the biggest thing is surrounding yourself with great people and being appreciative of those people. You know, at the end of the year, I always acknowledged all our coaches at our athletic banquet, um, you know, thank them every day when they left practice. Hey, thanks. That was a great practice today. Just appreciating everybody that's in your program. And that's rare um, because I, I that's, that's hard to find because uh, most athletic directors, um, you know, are kind of into, you know, if you make a mistake, come into my office, you know, it's like, but it sounds like you were hands-on, you were at practices, right? Uh, tell yes. me if I'm wrong. Uh, don't you have to do that? You have to be really hands-on as an AD. You have to kind of critique plus encourage, right? Right. Well, we had a unique situation because of the setup that we had. So I was coaching a lot of the time. So my baseball coach would be on the field and my boys basketball coach would be on one court and I was on the other court. So, you know, you're coaching and you're watching and whatever. But I was just very lucky to have really great coaches and appreciate them. That was, you know, the biggest key. You know, they could always come to me if there was any any problem. You know, I was there the whole time. I was always at home games if I wasn't at one of my away games. Um, and I think it's just a matter of, you know, finding the positive. Yeah, exactly. Right. Which is not easy to do because I think for human nature, we try to find the negative, correct? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, what is that coach doing wrong, uh, uh, particularly after losses and things like that? Um, hey, what do you look for in a coach? Like when you were hiring somebody, what did you look for? Um, did you look for somebody who had great knowledge, can connect with kids? What did you look for? Um, I think in a lot of ways I was blessed because the, the coaches that, that came and applied, they definitely had the knowledge. 
Um, but, you know, they fit into our school, you know, as a smaller Catholic school, um, they established relationships with the kids. Uh, it was just, you know, just nice to see. We always said Jaguar family, and that's what we were. We were a family, you know, like I said, the consistency of coaches coming back year after year. You know, I, I'm a firm believer in involving the parents. So I had a booster club um, and they would come and sell snacks at every game. And, you know, it was just a big family atmosphere. And I, when you have that, people just want to be a part of it. You know, new parents that would come into the school. Hey, how do we get to be involved in the booster club? And, you know, they come to the games and they help with the snacks. And it was just a great atmosphere. Yes. Um, and, and how do you get parents involved in your booster club on that? But let's say you're at a school that's very difficult, very, uh, the parents are not as involved. And, and Diane, you know, like, and in, in probably I worked at a Catholic school. The parents were very involved. And I've also worked at big public schools where you never saw the parents. So, <laughs> I mean, tell me, give me some secrets on getting parents involved. Um, I think for the most part, parents want to be involved in their kids' lives. They want to be there. They want to be a positive influence. Um, you know, one of the things that we did when we started the Booster Club is we, we, we established a Booster Club board. So you had a president and a vice president and a secretary, you know, and, and in a lot of ways, people like titles. <laughs> so you right. give them the title, you give them a responsibility. And, you know, if you always have that one parent that kind of goes above and beyond, I've been blessed over these years to have parents go above and beyond. Um, and then they, they recruit, you know, their, their son is friends with somebody else in the class and they get to know their mom and they say, hey, come and help out. So it's kind of a recruiting process within the booster club. Um, you know, and like you said, in the Catholic school, we're very lucky that people want to be involved. And especially they know, you know, to eighth grade. And then once their child goes to high school, it's a whole different ballgame. I mean, my booster club president this year, she was bawling when her son graduated because she knows that it's different on the high school level. But in the same token, thanked me for giving her the opportunity to be involved all of these years in her son's life. Before you... And you can get into where you are now with Gulliver Prep. By the way, I saw a great video you did, one of your players in the gym working out some moves. Uh, I love <laughs> that, man. And, um, and talk about, like, the importance of, you know, you, the middle school programs. I mean, it's like, I think the best coaches are at the middle school level because you got to be great teachers. And how did your players connect with your, your varsity teams that you send them to um, what was kind of the relationship there? Because I'm sure they were very appreciative of the kids that you develop. Yeah, we have one of the best feeder programs. We actually feed into two different Catholic high schools. So they're kind of rivals. So half mm -hmm. of my girls will be at one and half of my girls will be at the other school. Okay. okay. You know, as a matter of fact, uh, Miami High does this league and the, the girls texted me, you got to come because we're playing Lords at St. Brandon's against Lords. And, um, yeah. you know, so I got in there and I, as soon as I sat down, I told all the parents, OK, I am only rooting for Our Lady of Lords girls. I'm not rooting for any team because I don't want to say, you know, this team should win or that. So I'm only rooting. So anytime anybody from Our Lady Lords does something good, I'm clapping. Doesn't matter right. what team they're on. Um, so it was that kind of thing. But I start my girls in third grade um, mm -hmm. and we have third through sixth grade is our JV team. And then seventh and eighth is our varsity team. Although fifth and sixth graders, if they're really good, I'll bring them up to varsity, but we all practice together. Um, I think it's really important for the older girls to have, to learn leadership qualities 
in helping the younger ones. I always, at the end of every practice, I sit them down on the bleachers. I talk about what went right, what went wrong. And I always give out a player of the practice. And I'll give a player of the practice for JV and a player of the practice for varsity. And let me tell you, if I forget, they remind me because they right. want to know who the player of the practice is. A lot of times with the middle school, I'll make it like a leadership kind of thing. You know, Luciana, you were great. You really helped out um, Sally over here in doing this drill and this drill. So she was the, the, the player of the practice for her leadership skills, um, hustle, you know, whatever I happen to, and my assistant coaches, whatever we have to happen to, you know, notice in a practice, that's what we'll acknowledge at the end. But we practice together and then, you know, we'll do a lot of the same drills together. And then maybe I'll have the JV sit while the varsity does something and I'll have the JV watch the varsity and then we'll switch. Um, I think it's really important. Um, I'm a big fundamentals coach, um, you know, like jump stops and mic and drills and stuff that so when my girls graduate eighth grade those high school coaches know that they're going to get very fundamentally sound players and they're excited about that now now that i'm going over to gulliver i'm even more excited because at lords they would leave at eighth grade and go to two different high schools at right. gulliver they're not going anywhere i get them from third grade and i can keep them all the way through 12th grade so it's my ultimate dream job because I got four more years with the girls and I'm super excited about that coach the advantage I think because you have all the kids in the building so you have yeah. all the the advantage when I was at Pinecrest Academy in, in Atlanta um, that's the advantage you have I taught and I knew all my future players yeah. but it's different in the public school kind of branch out a little bit and I don't have connections with all like I, I run camps a lot but mm -hmm. I don't I don't coach the kids during PE during during those days. Uh, it's a lot harder in the public schools. Give us some public school coaches some advice on uniting the feeder programs into camps. How do you bring everybody together into one program? Well, I think part of this and I, and I think, first of all, again, it's the consistency of the public schools can keep the same teachers. But I think it's a matter of effort of those high school coaches going to the middle school mm -hmm. and acknowledging them and, and ask, you know, asking, hey, can we work together? What can we do? You know, would you mind coming to my practice to see what I'm doing and I'll come to your practice, you know, and maybe we can start incorporating the same drills um, so that when your girls graduate and they come to me on the high school level, they already know the type of drills that I'm running and part of my philosophy. Um, I, I think it's like you said in the beginning, though, not everybody wants to talk to each other or not everybody wants to give up what they're doing, um, but they don't realize how valuable it is to have the connection with the middle school coach. You're totally right. Yes. Um, and that's the difference. I feel like, that, you know, I know a lot of great coaches that are at private schools and they love it there. They're not getting the public school benefits, but right. they love it because it's all one family. It's a lot difficult you might be at a big 7A school, Diane, here in Georgia that has whatever. I mean, any number of, I mean, there's middle schools that have 2,500 kids in it. Right. right. It's not that easy to unite all these coaches together. Um, that's where the, the difficulty comes. But like you said, you got to make the effort to run camps, go to the games, correct? Right. Yeah. Reach out, you know, just have a phone call. I mean, I think... COVID was absolutely horrible, One, but I think it was great in a lot of ways for basketball coaches because I have met so many amazing coaches through Zooms. I mean, coaches that I would have never met before, 
you know, prior to COVID, I've met, we're in group chats. Uh, I have one, one coach from Roberts Wesley and uh, Kevin Clifford is phenomenal. He's always putting different things in our group, you know, reminding us about this and whatever. And so through that, that makes the biggest difference. And it also, it helped me to say, hey, there's other coaches out there that have a lot of great ideas. Let's reach out, you know. And, and I think that's, that's what people need to do. You need to reach out and not be afraid to talk to other people. Kevin Clifford. I need to get him on the podcast, right? You do. He's phenomenal. I love him. Yeah. His name sounds very familiar. What school is he at again? Roberts Wesleyan in New okay. York. Okay. All right. Make sure, hey, I got to get his number. So thank you for the content. Okay. There, I got to add him on. Um, hey, a great reference from Diane Cuckle. So thank you, <laughs> Diane, for that. Um, You're welcome. Hey, your record at, at Our Lady was 208 and 18. My word. It's like, yeah. I mean, you're, 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 you're not, um, I mean, you're more than a dynasty. So, I mean, talk about that. The, again, the consistency of winning, um, that's not done by sitting back and relaxing, is it? No, no, we, we, our girls put in a lot of work, you know, for a middle school program. Now, granted, remember we're in Miami, so it's hot and we don't have a gym. So we're outside and these girls are tough. Oh, wow. I pick my team. Yeah. I pick my teams in August. And we practice five days a week for two hours um, from August until the end of October when the varsity season starts. Do things a little bit backward in the Catholic League. Um, so the varsity season runs from October until January. And then the JV season starts in January and runs till March. So those girls are playing basketball a long, long time. Uh, yeah. But again, it's the feeder system. Um, when I took over um, the program, our first year, obviously, we weren't very good. Uh, and I told the girls, with hard work, we're going to get better. We mm -hmm. wound up winning the um, championship 19 out of 21 years that I was there. Wow. Um, so I think a lot of the coaches that are happy now that I'm moving over to Gulliver. <laughs> exactly. They probably paid them off, probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, Coach, give me about your feeder program right now I'm running a, I call it, it's my basketball Academy. I run it for grades K through eight. Um, give me some great drills that you do in your camps. Um, we, I do a lot of like fun um, game simulated drills to make it fun for the kids because basketball is fun. I think we so get caught up in drill, 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 but if I'm teaching a third grader, there's gotta be some fun in there. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, well, when I do my practices for my, my regular teams, uh, my first five drills are all the same. So I can, you know, have the girls go out and they can run it by themselves. They don't even need me there because sometimes I'll have the baseball coach come over and ask a question and I look over wow. and my girls are running the drills. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the first drill I start with, especially, I mean, I do it third through eighth grade, but I think it's really important on the younger level. We do the ball wraps. So every child has, every girl has a basketball. I think that's a big thing. I, I'm not a believer in one or two basketballs and everybody stands in a line. Mm -hmm. So we first, we do the ball wraps around the head, around the legs, you know, all of that. And then I have two leaders inside the circle and they lead everybody through that. Then they'll take the circle and we go around the court twice, once with the right hand, once with the left hand, and then they get in lines of six. So there's line of six with, with, a, with each person behind. Start out on, on the whistle. I'll say, okay, you're going to dribble to the free throw line and do a jump stop. Big thing the kids can't do nowadays. 
and I see it on the high school level. That's why there's so much traveling in the high school level. They don't know how to do a jump stop. So whistle, first line goes, jump stops at the free throw line. Blow the whistle again. The first line goes to half court. The mm -hmm. second line goes to the free throw line all the way down to the end. Coming back the other direction now, I'll say, okay, we're going to do a jump stop and we're going to pivot. Another thing kids don't know how to do, they go down in that little circle and they hold the ball down and we have 8,000 <laughs> jump balls in a game. Sure. So I say jump, stop, pivot, and you're ripping the ball through so that the, if a trap comes or whatever, you're not going to be get the ball stolen. So we do that again to the free throw line, half court, free throw line. Then I say, okay, the next thing we do is a retreat dribble. The um, trap is coming. Retreat three dribbles, protect the ball, cross it over hard, and explode out. So you're, you're retreating away from the trap. You're crossing over it, and you're exploding. Now they got the ball in their left hand. Same thing, half court free throw line to the other side, both, both lines. Okay, next thing I do is, okay, speed dribble. I wanna see, they love this one. I wanna see how fast you can get to the other end of the court in the least amount of dribbles. So you're really pushing the ball out. Okay, first line goes, second line goes. All right, so now the next thing is I say, um, all right, person behind you, give the front person their basketball. So now they have two basketballs. So you're going to go down to the other end baseline and back with two basketballs. But I don't do that. You know, a lot of the coaches do go down low and just pound and pound and pound because it's not realistic in a game. So I say you're dribbling. You're trying to get down to the other end and back as fast as you can. And let me tell you, when we first start out in August, there are balls flying everywhere, <laughs> especially because they can't do it with the left hand. I'd say mid-season, we've got everybody. So they go down and they come back together. Next time it's alternating. So I tell them it's a machine gun, right, left, right, left, right, left, as far as fast as you can down to the other end and back. Go down and do that both groups. And then one thing I kind of added recently is, okay, put one ball down. We're going to do suicide. And I know sometimes you can't say that. We'll call it lines, gotcha. um, dribbling a basketball down and back. And then once they're done, they go get a water break. And then I'm setting up for the next drill. The next drill I call is called speed. And it works on a variety of different things, but it's also a very good conditioning drill. So everybody has a ball. You got one line. And it's also what I like about it is first person that gets in that line, that person has to be the leader. So they have to call out what we're doing. So I tell them the cones are the defenders and you're attacking them. So we start on the right hand side. The first person will call out crossover. So they're dribbling down to the first cone. They cross it over. Now they have the ball in their left hand. Dribble to the next cone, cross it over go up and do a layup, get the ball out of the net. I'll put three cones in the half court circle and they got to go crossover in and out of the cones and then dribble in. And with the little ones, I make sure they're in the key with the older ones, they can go a little bit further out, but then a jump shot. So then next time they're going to do it, it's between the legs. Next time it's behind the back. And then the last time on the right side is a hesitation. And with the hesitation, I tell them, I want to hear your sneaker squeak. It's a slow and go like a skip and then explode. So we do that on the right side. Whatever we do on the right side, we automatically do on the left side. So then they're working with their left hand. Obviously, you'll see on the left side, when we start out, it's not as good because most kids, you know, they don't have a developed left hand. So we do that drill. From there, we go right into, I'm a firm believer of pushing the ball ahead. I love to push the ball ahead. So they got to dribble with their head up. They got to look up. So we do three lines. Uh, I call it long rebound outlet. Middle person throws the ball up off the backboard, turns, makes the outlet to the wing on the same side, 
and the other person is streaking all the way down. They got to make the long pass for the layup. The rebounder goes down and gets the rebound on the other side. Person that just made the layup comes now and there become the outlet. And the person that was the outlet goes around the cone and finishes here. Coaches, I'd like to welcome our new Championship Vision podcast sponsor, Huddle Assist. The best basketball coaches are relying on data more than ever. That's why coaches love Huddle Assist. With Assist, you get full game breakdowns, including complete team and player stats in less than 24 hours. Your stats are ready when you need them. And Assist is more than just the box score. Use interactive reports like shot charts and advanced stance like lineup data, VPS, and of course, effective field goal percentage to coach smarter. Plus, assist brings your stats to life. Every stat is marked on the video at the moment it happened. See every shot, turnover, rebound, and much more with just a few clicks. Want to see how Huddle Assist is elevating basketball? Visit huddle.com slash assist. That's huddle.com slash assist to learn more. Huddle will also be at the Legends at the Grove Clinic on September 12th at Walnut Grove High School in Loganville, Georgia. Come stop by our table to chat and see what we have to offer. So it really is a good drill. My guards really get good at this. Pushing ahead, pushing ahead, because you know you can get six, eight, ten points a game just on pushing ahead. So that's a, a big drill that we do. And then from there we go into a run, a fast break from a free throw called Jaguars, and it's a sideline fast break. So we go into um, that, and basically it's uh, one post player after the ball goes through the net, or even on a missed free throw, but let's say that goes through the net. They run quick, take it out of bounds. The one goes to the corner. The uh, two goes to half court. The three goes to the free throw line extended and the five rim runs. So the ball goes from out of bounds, corner, half court, free throw line and in. And I tell my kids the ball cannot touch the ground. And we've scored, I, I've done it with my travel ball players and they just love it. But it's a quick, easy way to get a few points off of a sideline break. So then from there, that's pretty much our main drills that we're doing. And then we'll go into whatever I'm going to focus on for that day. And you don't change those drills. You, you keep those I don't change those drills. Consistency. Exactly. You know, <laughs> consistency. And, you know, and it just, it's re repetition and it's consistency. And the kids know, and they're just so good at it, you know. You know, so one thing, if you want to be good at something, you got to practice it. So if you just do it every now and then, they're not going to be good at it. So those are the staples. And I will do the same staples with my high school girls. Those are the staples of, I guess you would say, my philosophy um, mm -hmm. of what they need to be good at. And if a coach wanted to contact you and get access to those, right, you'd be glad to. Oh, absolutely. Them. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. If you can send those to me, I can share them with other coaches as well. Coach. Okay. You have the diagram and so forth. Um, and, and that's what, hey, that's what this podcast is all about, man, stealing ideas. Um, and I love that because uh, I guess an argument to what some coaches do is they they like variety every day. It's like, and I'm not, I think there's different philosophies on that, but I noticed like when we do our favorite core drill, I call them a DNA drills, we get better and better and better. And the kid, even though they know what it is, 
but they get better and better and better. Why do we stop doing that? Why do we have too much stuff as coaches? I don't think it's good for the kids because, okay, it's variety. And I know this age, the way kids are now, everybody, you got to have variety constantly, but I'll give you an example. Like, so I had a boys basketball coach and he was relatively new to coaching. And I kind of gave him the keys were the consistency. This is what you need to do. But he fought me on it. He just did not want to do it. And I tried to tell him, I think my record speaks for itself in what we're able to accomplish with the girls if you would just be consistent and he didn't want any part of that so eventually he left the program right um and i had to take the boys over this year and the boys loved it i mean they (laughs) just gravitated to it you know had one boy his name was luca and he was just so into it and he he'd be the first one to get on that line for speed and he would be calling out crossover he was just so excited then we did it every practice and the boys got so much better, you know, because, you know, they weren't able to do left-handed layups. Well, by the time we got done with our season, they were really good at left-handed layups. So it's just consistency. Sometimes it does get boring, but the type of drills that they are, it's not really boring. And you can make it competitive. Like I'll do the long rebound outlet and maybe I'll time it. And I'll say, okay, let's see, you know, let's see who could do the long rebound outlet the fastest making every layup, you know, and and you can make it more competitive to add that little bit of variety. But I just think that consistency is the key. It's just like anything, you know, math, uh, your multiplication tables. If you only practice it every now and then, you're not going to be good at it. You have to practice your multiplication tables when you're younger consistently to get better at it. Yeah. And they say, I was listening to something the other day, they're talking about, you know, building wealth. And one guy was saying like, you know, when you build wealth, it's very boring. It's mundane. You got to do the same thing. Right. Right. Diane. It's like, the dividend. Not wealthy. <laughs> it's like the dividends when you start out and you're only getting like a dollar 50 in dividends. And then 20 years later, you're getting a thousand and fifty in dividends. That's a little bit different. Yeah. I think it all makes sense. And it's so true as coaches. I think we outsmart ourselves too many times mm-hmm. like you know that's the way the game is these days by the way i love the kid's name luca man that's a great name yeah. now. Oh, awesome. and his his father was a professional basketball player so that's kind of gives you a little thing as to why he was so into basketball that's great that's great um i love your core drills give us kind of a breakdown too because i'm always stealing practice ideas um do you have a basic plan for your practice as far as like offense defense or you got your core drills do you, you, you kind of do the same format pretty much throughout the rest of the practice? Um, well, it kind of will depend where we are in the season. You know, I kind of always tell my girls by the time we get to October, I sit down and I just say, we're ready. You know, we've covered everything. I've given you everything from our play for the tip, tip off to if they're pressing us through sideline breaks to, you know, I've given you everything. We're, we've prepared for everything. And the end of October, we are ready. Um, you kind of going back a little bit. One of the drills that I've been implementing with my high school girls is a, I do it kind of at the end of practice when they're tired, it's called ladders. It's a shooting drill. So they start out for, there's five ladders. So it's the corner, the wing, uh, the top of the key, the wing, and the corner. But they start out in the middle, and we do the first shot as a is a form shooting. Then they take two steps back, and they shoot a regular shot, two steps back. And it, there's five rungs on the ladder. And if they complete all five without missing, they've, they've completed a ladder. Then they move to the next spot. So we started it. And eh, so we did it the other day. 
and the, the, the girls I had, they just kind of like really weren't into it. You could tell their forms, whatever. So yeah. the practice was over and I called them together and I said, and girls, do you know why I do the ladder drill? And they just kind of looked at me. I said, I do it because you hate it. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? I said, when, when you're doing the ladder drill, I'm observing, I'm watching you. And I see body language. I see effort. The biggest thing I see is competitiveness. You're not competing. You should be competing against yourself, first of all, to so see how many ladders you can get. But you're also competing against the other girls on the team. So you have to learn how to compete. And I said to the one girl, I said, I watched your body language. So now I'm thinking to myself, oh, Mary, you know, she doesn't compete. She's quit. She quits because she really didn't try. She didn't put any effort. So maybe I can't put Mary in in the last two minutes of the game when we need a bucket because she's not focused and she's not competitive. And she just kind of looked at me like, oh, I didn't think about it that way. I said, when you step on this court between these lines, you need to compete for everything. I was one of five children. We competed for the last piece of bread on the table. We competed exactly. for everything. You <laughs> name it, we competed. So my um, probably emphasis this season at Gulliver is competition, compete. I want you to compete for everything. So we're doing a lot of small-sided games. I have a small group right now because, you know, I was kind of hired late into the process and some girls go to, um, they do uh, mission work and stuff or go help for Habitat for Humanity. Some girls travel, some girls went to basketball camp. So I have a small group. So you can't do a whole lot of full court stuff. So I do a lot of small sided games, but I told them, I want you to compete and I'm observing you always. So if your body language is terrible on this drill, is your body language gonna be terrible in the last two minutes of the game? Are you gonna quit then? Are you not gonna try then? So the biggest thing is trying to get them to compete. Compete. And for girls, it's not as easy. And I, I'm not being, and, and you're a woman and you, you know what it takes. You've gone through the, you've gone through the wars. Um, is it difficult for women? I know for girls, you actually have to emphasize it all the time because I, I do feel like on the women's side, it's more cooperation. Women are all, you know, you know what I'm saying? They're all together. Right. Um, is that true or is that, is that, is that a false statement right there? I know I have to really emphasize competition every practice. Well, I would say maybe where I'm going to now, but for little Lords, when I started them in third grade, um, that competitiveness was kind of instilled in them. I mean, we mm -hmm. competed, uh, constantly. So I think it's a matter of, you can get there. I think people are naturally competitive. Competitive. They just need to know how to compete or, right. you know, why they're competing, what they're doing in this drill. Um, and I think it for the two girls that I talked to, it was kind of an eye opener, like, oh, wow. And I said to one of them, excuse me, I said, you know, you're a junior, you're, you're going to be, you want to go to college to play basketball, you're going to have college coaches looking at you. Let's say we get a college coach into the gym, and you're doing ladders. And he sees the effort that you're given. He's thinking the same thing as me. Hey, maybe I can't, I can't recruit this girl because she's not competitive enough or she's, you know, she's got bad body language or, you know, she doesn't have the will to win, you know, and her eyes kind of like, oh, I never thought about it that way. So I think it's a matter of teaching them to be competitive. Yes. And you're a mentor. 
I mean, you're trying to help these kids, I mean, succeed in life because people right. are watching. I know this year during the summer, I have, you know, I have some really good players and uh, one of the kids, she kept getting frustrated, you know, of her teammates. And it's like, you know what? And we were at an exposure of it, you know, oh. and we had to say, hey, you know what? Um, people are watching. People are seeing that. I mean, you got to respond in a positive manner. And of course, I said it probably in a little different way. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's like, man, you just got to play through stuff, man. And that's all part of competition. Correct, Diane? Oh, definitely. Definitely. You have to play through it. I have one girl right now that's yet yeah, she, she's um, going to be a sophomore and she's learning. But her strides and just like the seven practices that we have are just unbelievable. I'm so proud of her. But she would get mad at herself. And I'm like, no, no, don't get mad at yourself. Talk to yourself. Say, what did I do wrong there? Oh, the footwork was wrong. Oh, it should have been right, left instead of left, right. I said, talk to yourself. Talk yourself through the process. Don't get mad at yourself. Mad at yourself is just going to give you emotion and then you're just going to shut down. You need to cue yourself. I always tell us to cue yourself as to what you need to do. You didn't do it right that time. Okay, come back the next time and do it right. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's going to do everything perfect every single time. Just learn from it. Cue yourself differently next time. And the next time you get it correct. So I think she's starting to get that. And I, I don't have like the angry face anymore. She's kind of like, oh, a little bit more thought <laughs> process on it. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's helping her. It's helping her develop. Yeah, we got to teach kids, man. We, I mean, there's no doubt about that. Instead of, uh, I, I love how your, your, um, there's teachable moments, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of, you know, making the kids run for every little thing. What's your yep. philosophy on that? Um, I just like teachable moments. I think there's different ways to correct, <laughs> right? Well, you know, I was a college athlete myself and nothing, I was telling the girls this yesterday, nothing was worse than, okay, let's get out on the track and run a mile or get time for a mile or, right. you know, all of this. So what I'm going to implement this year um, with my high school team is Raider Wars, where the Gulliver Raiders Right. And we're going to do a competitive conditioning program. Everything we do is going to be competitive. So I'm kind of like killing two birds with one stone. We're going to get conditioned. In some ways, we're going to have a lot of fun. And in other ways, they're going to be competitive. So I'm teaching that competitiveness. Um, and I, I think that, that's, a, you know, a, a big thing there, you know, getting them competitive, but also the conditioning. I'm not a, I'm not a person that's going to say, come on, girls, let's go we're going out to the track. I was very blessed at Little Lords though, because we had a great cross country program. So my girls were always in shape. I didn't have to do any um, major conditioning, but I also believe that all the conditioning should be run through the drills. So, you know, I do a, a one minute three point shooting drill, which is very, it's up and down a court, up and down a court, up and down a court. Um, so they're getting their conditioning in. My beginning first five warm up drills are all conditioning. You know, you're running the full length of the court. And if there's not that many, like this summer, these girls are really getting conditioned because I don't have that many girls. Um, but I, I believe that all the conditioning should be through the basketball with a basketball in their hands. Um, but I am going to do the conditioning because we're not allowed to touch a basketball for certain weeks um, sure. in Florida. So then it will all be competitive, but it'll be conditioning competitively. I love that. Yeah. Using a ball for everything, for sure. Even mm -hmm. in the strength training, talk about your, before you go, talk about your Raider Wars. Cause I do love competition and in, in the conditioning factor. Give me some example of what you're going to do in your Raider Wars. 
Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to divide them up into two teams. Well, I'm not going to divide them up. They're going to pick their teams. That's another thing. I get to see how the dynamics are of the team. They're going to pick their two teams, and they'll stay on those teams the entire time. So they'll have to be strategic in how they're picking their teams. But we'll have a Raider blue and a Raider white. And we'll have an A day and a B day, and they'll get to pick what – and they'll know what, what um, activities or, I guess, like conditioning drills we're doing on those days they'll get to pick. And it'll be like one thing, maybe wall sits. Okay, let's get on the wall and let's wall sit, see who sits the longest. Whoever sits the longest gets the points for their team. Uh, relay races, because, you know, basketball is, is a, a game of up and down a court, up and down the court, not running the track. So we'll do relay races. So maybe the first one is down around the cone and back. Okay, that's one race. Next one may be down around the cone, back pedal to a middle cone around and run back so it'll be conditioning and they're going to do it fast because they want to beat the other team um so i don't even have to don't even think i really have to coach effort on that because they want to beat the other team and they get points for that um <clears throat> jump roping i'm a big proponent of jump rope i think we've, a lot of people have gotten away from jump rope when i was at lords we did an extensive jump rope unit i've got kids that were doing the cross and double jumps excuse sure. me all of that so you know, we'll do a jump rope competition, um, tug of war. Um, you know, we'll kind of probably end in one of them. I, I, my kids love dodgeball. Um, always love, I know a lot of coaches are against dodgeball, but <laughs> we'll, we'll do a fun dodgeball, which is what I call water dodgeball. So what you do is you put two buckets out and you get those sponge balls that soak up the water. Um, and then you get to hit somebody and they get wet. So it's, it's a dodgeball game, but it's really a lot of fun. Right, so everything right. that we'll do, um, I don't have my thing with me. Let me look and see what else I have on my Raider Wars. Cause I'm just putting it together now. Um, I do love the team competition. I do. I've done more individual competition. I do love the team aspect of that a lot, lot better. Yeah, I just think it's competitive, it's fun, they're conditioning, and they don't even realize it. Like, mm -hmm. we'll do um, broad jumps, so we'll do broad jumps for distance, um, we'll do um, partner sit-ups, how many sit-ups can you do with a partner, you know, going down, coming up, clapping hands, going down, coming up, so you're working on your abs there. Um, circle tag, which is a good agility um, drill, so you start with the defensive team on the baseline and the offensive team at the free throw line. You say go. The offensive team has to run to the half court, circle, and then run to the end. And if they get to the other end before their part, their, their other team catches them, they get a point. But that agility of running around in the circle and with the speed, it's, it's a really a, a good drill to do. Um, then there's circle tags. So you have one person on one side of the circle the other person on the other and it's like a dodge and weave kind of chasing them around and if you tag them you get a point but you know it's agility drills sure. so just stuff like that um planks working on okay get in a plank position hold, who holds the plank the longest um i'm still kind of coming up with it because i just kind of came up with this idea a few weeks ago yeah. um, def defensive lane slides so you start and it's you against the other person i say ready go you got to slide touch the line and back and see how many you can do if you do more than the other person, then your team gets a point. And then, you know, what we'll do is towards the end of the two weeks, we tally up all the points and, you know, 
we haven't really decided yet, my assistant coaches and I, how maybe the, the winning team gets a party or the winning team gets a prize or, or something like that to, work, to where it's fun. But I think it, it'll be fun because it's competitive. But yet, you know, hopefully by the end of the, the, the thing, they're just sweating up a storm, but they've had so much fun and they didn't really even realize how hard they worked. Yeah, There's I nothing love worse than saying going out to a track and, okay, let's run a mile on the track. There's nothing worse than that. What's your, I love those ideas, by the way, because we call ours the warrior games because we're the okay. Um, And what about uh, the weight room? Like how much do you involve? I, I'm, I'm kind of, I, I, I love the weight room, but I think it's overrated a little bit, you know, with, you know, the bench press, the squats, but what do you, what's your philosophy on that? You know, I'm, I'm probably a little bit more into like the agility aspect of it. Um, you know, I remember these past 23 years I've worked with the little ones. Um, I did coach high school, but I was an assistant coach, so I wasn't responsible for that part of it. And then with my travel ball teams, you know, you didn't have time to get to a weight room. You were getting everybody together from different schools and practicing. So, you know, with my younger ones, I did a lot of push-ups, sit-ups, um, that kind of thing. I still haven't really kind of figured out my philosophy at Gulliver yet because um, I haven't actually been in there. I and mean, I've been in the gym with a few basketball players, but I don't know how the whole system where, you know, every school is different. So I don't know what the access is to the weight room. Um, I don't know, um, you know, Gulliver's a phenomenal school. So they have trainers, they have, um, you know, people that are going to be in the weight room. So Again, that's one of the things I'm going to do is once we're officially in school and starting, I'm going to go meet with the trainer. Hey, what can we do? Um, but I, I, I guess probably right now I haven't developed that philosophy yet, you know? Yeah, I think there's different. Everybody does things differently, I think, um, which makes the game great, makes the game more of an art <laughs> more than anything right. else, right? Because mm-hmm. um, I know kids are in the weight room all the time but can't play. Okay. So I think you can be strong without, you know, lifting, but I, but I do think you got to do a little bit of both. Um, Coach, thank you so much for joining us, man. I really appreciate everything you're doing. And uh, I'm excited about your new challenge because I mean, you're taking on a big challenge. Anytime you go into, you're at the same school for 23 years and you have to move to the high school level and build a new program from scratch, man, that's a big challenge. What are some of your key points that you're trying to get installed into your program right now? Well, um, I'm excited about it because, you know, it was sad leaving Lords. I'll have to tell you that my sister and I, my assistant and I cried, um, <laughs> you know, when you're there for so long and you know everybody, but I, I just felt at this point in my career, I was ready. I was ready for something different. I've built the program, so I know how to do it. Um, you know, the big thing is, is going to be getting in, um, bringing people, getting people involved, you know, making the context with the elementary and middle school, you know, as a matter of fact, when I started um, this summer, I sent out an email blast to, to everybody that was involved in their middle school program. And I've gotten, I think, six uh, middle school girls to come to our practices and see what it's like. And they loved it. You know, I had one girl, she came in the first day and she's practicing with the varsity girls and she was a little overwhelmed. So she kind of went off to the side and I told her, look, you know, it's okay. You just come in whatever drills you feel comfortable in. And if you don't want to do that drill, that's fine. So, okay. She came back and she practiced next day. She came in and she was doing all the drills because now she wasn't scared. Now she was, and you know, and there was no pressure on her or whatever. 
The next day she comes in and I went over to her father and I said, you know, how's she doing? He goes, I, he said, I can't believe the transformation. He said, she came home after the practice on Monday and was so excited that she couldn't wait to come back on Wednesday. So it's that kind of stuff about getting them excited, but not, you know, it's, it's intimidating when you're a sixth grader and you're going to be on a court with a junior in high school. It's intimidating, sure. but the girls were really good with her. And that's what I want to develop here that the older girls have the leadership roles and are bringing those other ones on because that's the future of the Gulliver program. So it was nice to hear that from the dad that, you know, the first day she was totally intimidated, but then after that, she was so excited and she's been to every practice since. So that's how we're going to build. That's how we're going to build at Gulliver is getting those younger ones into the gym, meeting the older ones so they're not intimidating. And I'm thinking down the road, trying to do like maybe a big sister, little sister kind of thing. So maybe the, you know, the middle school girls will come to the high school varsity and we'll get more people at the game. So that's kind of, you know, still ideas that I'm bouncing around, but just, you know, super excited about this opportunity. Yeah. And that will happen coach. I can tell you're doing the right things on that. I love how you're kind of starting and kind of building uh, with key players. Uh, you know, some, some coaches go into programs and they have, you know, like 50 kids right from the beginning, they don't know how to build. They, they got everything handed to them um, right. and you're building it from scratch. You're really kind of getting each kid individuals, right? Each kid right. is, is going to be important to the, the whole program. I absolutely love that coach. I appreciate you coming in and sharing with us, man. You're, you're part of the uh, championship vision family now. Well, thank you. I'm so excited. This was such an awesome opportunity. And like I said, I can't wait to, to go to practice today and to listen to more podcasts on the way and listen to more podcasts on the way back and take my notes, you know, cause you can always just learn so much. You know, one thing I picked up on yesterday's podcast um, was uh, somebody had met one of the coaches had mentioned um, dedicating the season to somebody. So right. getting a basketball and dedicating the season. I forget the name of the coach. I think it was Drew, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, and so you pass the ball around and they're going to dedicate it to somebody, maybe a grandmother that's ill or, you know, the mom that drives them to practice and just putting that name on it. And this is who we're dedicating the season to. So it's, it's personal for that player. And it's, you know, it, it means something to that player. And then we take that ball with us to every game. So I, I picked that up. I wrote it down right away and that's what I'm going to do. Now, is that each player or the team dedicating the season? Is that? Um, that's each player dedicating, dedicating their season to that player. Because then I think it becomes, I mean, I guess you could do it the other way. I just kind of right. took it this way that, you know, you know, maybe one of the girls, you don't know everybody's story. You don't know what everybody, anybody's going through. So, you know, maybe one of the sure. girls, I don't know this, but I'm just saying it. Maybe one of the girls has a grandmother that's ill. So she wants to dedicate her season to the grandmother, or, you know, whatever their specific cir circumstance on. So that that season is, is, is personal to them, you know, so they take ownership in that season because they're dedicating it to that person. I just thought that was a great idea. That was an excellent idea. And I'm going to steal that one from you. <laughs> so, coach, we just got to keep stealing. Yeah, we just um, keep going around and around. That's right. Hey, before you leave, um, give us one great tradition that you do. I know we have what we call a jersey night where the dads introduce the players in preseason. It's really it's really cool. Uh, what, is, what is one great tradition that you have always done that you're going to bring into Goldberg? Hmm. Wow. That, that's a tough one. <laughs> um, that's a tough one. Um, the, the, I guess this kind of isn't a tradition that I started, but 
we won a lot. So, you know, we won 19 out of 21 championships. So the girls think it's the best that they get to pour Gatorade over me. Right, um, right. So, so, you know, that, that's something that they always, they, they always say it in the beginning of the season. Oh, Miss Kunkel, we can't wait till we can pour the cooler of Gatorade over you. You know, that's I right. mean, that's not, it's not really a tradition. I mean, because you pray every year that you're going to win, but it just kind of, I guess, because of our success, we were able to do that. So it was kind of funny because that's what the kids look forward to um, is, is pouring the Gatorade over me. So I don't know if that's really a tradition, but, you know, it's just something that the kids look forward to. That's right. Well, it is, you know, I mean, really, it's a reminder, right? It's a reminder about your success and what it takes. So uh, Gatorade, is one word, Gatorade. Yeah, I, I haven't had one yet. So I'm still It's pretty sticky. Let me tell you, it's pretty sticky. <laughs> uh, I would love that, by the way, uh, Diane. So, hey, coach, hey, tell us uh, how people can get a hold of you. Because I know a lot of coaches are going to ask for a lot of your drills that you talked about. Uh, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Um, probably my Gmail account. Uh, it'll be dianekunkel123 at gmail.com. Um, that's probably the best way to get a hold of me. Or um, I'm on Twitter, uh, Jaguar Coach, um, and also on Instagram at Jaguar Coach. Absolutely on that. Keep sharing. Keep sharing the game, Coach. Keep listening. Keep growing. We really appreciate you coming on, and we wish you the best at goal of our prep. I know you're going to build that program. Looking forward to seeing the growth of your program. So thank you so much. Well, thank you. And thank you for this opportunity. And thank you that everything that you do for connecting all these coaches and getting these great ideas out. I really appreciate it. All right, coach. Thank you so much. I wish you the best. Um, time to go to camp now. I got to work with some little kids now. So all right. The I, fun begins. I, that's right. Take care, coach. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Do you want to be a better coach? Georgia Southern University can help. We offer a fully online master's in kinesiology created by coaches for working coaches. Our full-time faculty combines for over 100 years of coaching experience. Georgia Southern's program is nationally accredited, so you know you are getting quality. We pioneered fully online programs over a decade ago and have had students from 27 states and multiple countries. No matter where you are in the world, Georgia Southern University can help. There is no GRE requirement and it only takes 14 months to complete. You start classes in May and finish the following July. We have coaches just starting out to veteran coaches of over 30 plus years. So no matter where you are in your coaching journey, Georgia Southern can help. Follow us at GS Coach Ed or look us up and Georgia Southern can help you be a better coach fully online.